The following program has been pre-recorded. This week on Belonging, we'll talk to Sarah Furka, a student at Vanderbilt University. She talks about making it through the quarantine. I think just finding recourse in the sacraments because wow. it's like there is there is no other way, you know? That is how I know I'm being led rightly because I'm being filled up with the ultimate source and summit. Next. This program is made possible by the generous donations of Jeannie and Bill Stayskull, members of Christ the King Parish in Nashville, and by a grant from the Cook Foundation. Take advantage of the many opportunities for young people in the Nashville Diocese to connect and find belonging. Like University Catholic, a community of college-age students who are serious about their faith and unite in fellowship and friendship to deepen their personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Go to universitycatholic.org to find out more. You can also connect with young Catholics like you by attending events like Summit Music City. It's a night of music followed by adoration and reconciliation. It's free and open to young people of all faiths. Go to soundscatholic.com. Or try Theology on Tap, where you can gather with other people in their 20s and 30s like you who want to learn more about their faith while enjoying a beverage together. Join Theology on Tap Nashville on Facebook for events and times. Hello and welcome to Belonging on Nashville Catholic Radio, where each week we interview different guests detailing different parts of young adult life, whether that be relationships, finances, or even dealing with addiction. My name is Zach Jansen. I grew up here in Middle Tennessee. I'm a recent graduate of Belmont University here in town, and I co-host the show with Father Gervon, the chaplain at University Catholic, and does a lot with the diocese here. Uh, this week, we're joined by Miss Sarah Furka, a student at Vanderbilt University in Nashville. Sarah, thank you for being on the show today. Of course. Thanks for having me. For those who don't uh, know who you are, tell us, uh, what, are, what are you doing right now, and where are you from as well? So I'm from New Jersey, but mm-hmm. currently I am a junior at Vanderbilt, like you said. Um, I'm studying medicine, health, and society, and yeah, we're just enjoying Nashville, enjoying Vanderbilt as much as you can during a crazy semester like this, but no, nothing what, much to it. What exactly drew you to Nashville, uh, being so far away from home? Did you have any connections here, or did you feel like you were starting over? Kind of starting over. It's pretty interesting. So the only reason I really knew Vanderbilt existed was because my older sister toured here when she um, was applying for colleges and things like that. Um, didn't really know it from anything, but just I loved country music. So I was like, you know what? Why not? Let's just let's just look at it. This has got to like correlate to something I like. So I came here and I just absolutely fell in love with it. Um, well, well, I guess being a part of the, of the culture here in, in the environment at Vanderbilt, uh, what is your faith life? Has it been rewarding to you as far as continuing that in college? Uh, was that something oh, easy? Absolutely. Was it essential, you would say? Absolutely essential, especially somewhere like Vanderbilt. Um, yeah, just having that be a firm foundation for me in in studies and everything like that, it has been almost like, like everything. And coming into school, I didn't think I wanted it to be that much uh, a part of my life, to be totally honest with you. I mean, I grew up as cradle Catholic, great family and parents that definitely practice what they preach. But coming here, I was just like, Matt, we're going to do my own thing. But really? yeah, being here has been incredible. And I credit that to just having good friends surround me and just mm. hold me accountable and push me. But yeah, it's been everything and just provides a very good home base. I think that's, that's the story for a lot of people is um, 
you, you grow up as a cradle Catholic and you, you just go to mass on Sunday and that's all you know. And maybe it was just a routine. They'd kick you out of bed and you'd go. Uh, but when you go to college, it's, it's very much your own decision. Um, like if you want to go to mass, uh, father, what are your thoughts on that? I'm kind of taking that responsibility and surrounding yourself with good community saying it's up to me if I want to make mass a part of my life or even the faith. Yeah. I think that, you know, anytime that we, especially for college students, because, you know, like high schoolers and everything, you kind of, you have to do what you have to do because your parents are making you do, you know, like even a youth group or retreats, whatever, there's not really a lot of uh, choice there. Hmm. You know, you're going to do what your parents tell you to do. But I think when we come to college, that's kind of when everything kind of starts to change and you really have to take that on your own hands. Sarah, can you talk a little bit about how was that transition for you? What what changed? How, how was that transformation? Honestly, that transformation was like shocking for me because again, it wasn't something that I had expected to experience coming to college. You know, so it's like, yeah, in high school, I was just like this cool athlete kid and religion was just like this thing that was like in my heart, but no one really like knew about because, you know, when you're in high school, like religion isn't the cool thing, you know. But coming to school, it was like, yeah, this is probably something that I need. And I didn't realize it was actually a normal thing to pursue and want to grow in until, you know, you meet those those good friends that pursue it with you. But no, the transition, honestly, and praise God, it was easy because there were so many people that I wanted to get to know and wanted to love. And we had this Christ in common. And just to pursue that was just this beautiful transition and just for them to bring me along for the ride. And yeah, being cradle Catholic, it's like, I thought I knew things and then you meet all these people and they're just like on fire with their faith. And it is like, I want that because when you, when you live a life that is so countercultural and yet you like still thrive and you are alive and you are happy and joyful. It's like, I want that. That is attractive. And so honestly, the transition was, Unexpected, but it was absolutely beautiful and I re- something. I remember, Sarah, yeah. on the beginning of the pandemic that, you know, we were at home and doing a lot of Zoom stuff. And I, you said something, and I actually have written on my desk. It said something like, I can't wait until I go back and I and I say to somebody, let's go to Mass together. You know, and I know that Mass is a big part of your, you know, spiritual life and, you know, daily Mass. Can you tell a little bit about that? What is Mass for you? Mass is heaven on earth. And I don't think I understood that, even though I've been going to mass for 20 years of my life. I don't think I understood that until coming to school. And on a daily basis, when you have the opportunity to encounter heaven on earth and participate in the very thing that you're made for, you you can't deny that for yourself or just it's just a, the most beautiful celebration and also to be able to participate in that with your friends, honestly, be it Catholic or non-Catholic and just invite people to that. Oh my gosh, that is, that is everything. That is everything. And yeah, like what I said over this summer, it still reigns true. It's like, my goodness, just the joy in participating in the heavenly banquet with the people you love. That's, there's nothing better. That's, one, my, nothing that's better. one of my favorite posts you always, I think, have on social media, Father, is that we always have an excuse for Mass, but Mass would be the excuse for everything. Yep. 
Um, well, exactly. Sarah, yeah, being where you are in college now, it sometimes it does feel like a, a, a Jesus high. I, I, I agree, like, especially on like retreats too, we're like, wow, I feel like unstoppable and like everything's going good. I got good community and family. Uh, but what are some challenges you faced or still face today, either in your faith life or just where you are as a young adult moving forward? What are some challenges that you go through? I think some of the main challenges are like, people just don't get it. They're like, this, this doesn't make any sense. Like, where's the fun in that? And they see like going to mass or going to adoration or confession or all of these things that are so integral to experiencing the joy of living as a follower of Christ. as just like obligations and duties and restrictions. But once you live into that, like, yeah, maybe it starts as a duty or like, oh my gosh, my parents are making me do this. Mm-hmm. It becomes a, a point of freedom. And it's like, there is freedom in the surrender to these things that you're doing. And it becomes this desire to continue to pursue the Lord and let him pursue you. So yeah, I think at first it was just like, this is weird. And I know people think this is weird that I'm mm-hmm. doing this because it is countercultural and it is not the hot thing on college campuses it's just not and i i know that because coming in i was like i don't want that wow. i don't want to do that that's not that's not what i want really? and it's you not did, what i did really you didn't you weren't like <laughs> attracted to it i guess i mean it was it was attractive but it's also like well that's like too hard and it's like that's not cool like come on that's not like the cool thing hmm. and all and those I guess, weird people going to mass and praying yeah all the praying, all that stuff. And I guess part of that is just like at like at home here, I don't have a young adult community. It's like mm. you 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 go to mass and all, all the fifty somethings look at you like you're a godsend because you're Old the only people. young person. <laughs> I said fifty somethings, my bad, my bad. <laughs> oh <Old> people. <laughs> but but they look at you like you're a godsend and it's just like but this is so normal, you know, it's like, I don't have people to like go to math with, or at least in high school, I didn't. So that was hard. It was just like, Oh, this is weird. And if someone looks at you as like, Oh my gosh, you're going to math as a 20 year old. Like, why is that weird? You know, it shouldn't be weird. Um, but no, just learning to fall in love with it and fall in love with Christ has been such a gift that it's just like, I don't want all the things that I'm told are attractive on a college campus at this point, because like I've, I've found it in the mass in adoration it's like this this is the joy that's going to last me so yeah it's challenging but also when you desire what you're made for it doesn't matter anymore so well i agree with like um from the outside looking in it, it doesn't feel like it makes sense i feel like a lot of times people don't know what they want until they see it or until it's shown to them and like so when you see that community especially as a as a guest maybe if you just go once you think wow I didn't know that this is what was here. And, um, and, and basically further off of that, I think you know one of your focus missionaries that Alan McGinn came on the show a, long, a little while ago. But he had such great topics on uh, the propaganda and the emptiness of it. Like you were saying, what, what the culture sh- tells you will be happy um, if you buy this, if you look this way, um, you'll find it. But it, it only leaves you feeling more and more empty. What, what are your thoughts on that in your situation? Um, you, your opinion on, on social media, I think there's definitely positivity for it. and we can find it in the faith here letting each other know about situations um who do you feel you are in relation to social media is it something that you ever struggle with thinking like wow what are people thinking of me here or do you, you think the world 
is true and then social media is just there. What are your thoughts? Social media is a struggle. Yeah. It is. It's like, I think it's it mental. Is, crazy. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's like, if you let it be, it is addicting. And it can be, if you allow it to define your worth, which honestly, I could say that it absolutely did in high school. It was just like, we got to post this picture at the right time. We got to make sure my friends know that I'm posting it so that they can like it and comment and all of these things. It just becomes it becomes your world at a certain point. And yeah, I do think social media has its place, even in like the faith life as a, as a method of just like sharing what brings you joy and um, just like sharing the faith. It could be a very, and it helps you reach people that perhaps have never heard these things before, have never really been surrounded by someone that is on fire with their faith. But I also think if you let it, it could be something that becomes toxic and becomes a sort of idol and I would say I've fallen into that and sometimes I even fall into that now but I think it's just everything in moderation mm-hmm. obviously that's like super important so yeah I, think, I go on Wait, go ahead I, I'm sorry I think you were spot on with saying it when it defines your worth how true is that for like every kid like from sadly how, how young does it even get you think 10 11 12 definitely through high school and college uh but like you were saying how, how you, you think it just defines who you are. And I've heard both sides of it. And then here on the show, we had the, that nice, the nice Bishop Spalding come in and just put it so simply that what you see on social media is, is just not true, which you know it is, but it's just, it doesn't define what's going on right here. Then I've heard the other exactly. side where, where people just say, well, oh, I don't like it. I don't, I don't have any of it all. What are your thoughts yeah, on yeah, it? Because you have it, you know, you know you, like, you're great on it. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I, I feel it. it in Brazil, like we have a lot of soap operas, you know. Yep. So it's that kind of thing. People don't work. People have all the money they want, and they, you know, they eat and they have all. And that's kind of social media, you know. Nobody posts something that is uncool. So that's kind of one reality. But then the other thing, like people are seeking the truth. So that's why they kind of get involved in that kind of stuff, you know, on Facebook or, or Instagram, Snapchat, or whatnot. But then. I think the challenge for us is be there as well to show the truth, the beauty, and the goodness mm. of God. You know, so like, you know, I have some priests, friend of mine, that they just, I can't handle this, so I'm going to get out of there. And I was like, no, 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 I have to be there because if I'm not there to show the truth, the beauty, and the goodness, people are going to lie to people. <laughs> you mm. know what I mean? So I, I think it's that sweet line that you have to be there and say the truth and, you know, and all that stuff. But you can't allow that to define you. And I think that's the whole thing. You That cannot define who you are. Mm. So I think that's kind of where we have to be careful and, you know, that can't define who you are. Mm. I agree. It feels like you have like a split personality. There's two sides of you. Um, mm-hmm. Serious. I'm curious, what are your thoughts on, like, we, see, we were talking about earlier just the beauty of like the faith life, the community there, and then the, you see on, on social media, the Instagram, kind of the other side of it where you're having fun and everything's perfect. Have you seen on a, on a college campus, like in your experience, that there is like a, a faith life versus the party life, like there's two different lifestyles to choose? What are your thoughts on that? I think that absolutely exists on a college campus, like 100%. It's like uh, Jesus is this just like this Sunday thing, this mm-hmm. thing you do on the weekend. Um, and then it's like, for the next six days, we're just, I'm, I'm going to do me, you know, I'm going to do all of that. And I think it is 
so common. It's become so normal. And I'm not going to sit here and say that I am not guilty of that, but I, because I think we are all, we're human. We're all very, we're all broken. We're all very guilty of that. And I think it's just like sad, you know, it is just a very sad reality of what, um, college and just like the campus life has like just transformed into and just like spiraled into this just this toxic thing because and I I think that can be just like very scandalizing for people to to know that I'm looking at this person like like I'm looking at Sarah and she's like she says she goes to church on Sundays and all these things but it's like I'm not seeing how that is like lived out so it's like you can you can say all the things you want and like do the Jesus thing on Sunday, but if that doesn't transform you and become who you are in the day to day, then it's like, what does that actually mean? And what does it actually mean when you say you go to church on Sunday? And and I think that Sarah, that's kind of the the biggest thing about this is you can't have your faith based in an hour a week. Mm -hmm. That's why, you know, when mass ends, that's when your mission is started. And I think you kind of heard me say that story before. You know, in the early church, people did not take that many showers, so they stink. Well, some people still stink today. But when they were baptized, when they were baptized, they you know got a full bath. And then after after the the, the baptism, they got the chrisma oil, that beautiful smell oil. And then people would look at them and say, that person smells different. And I think each one of us, that's what we are called to be. People need to smell us differently, hopefully good smell. When we go out, why is that person different? Mm-hmm. Why is that person happy? Mm. You know, because, of the, you know, the happiness, joy, like, whoa, tell me what what is different from you, you know? And I think that whenever, not that anybody is perfect, but... You know, whenever you pray, whenever you do, people who come, in a way you attract people towards you and say, I want that that you have, that you have, you know, all those difficulties, all those problems, all those issues, but that doesn't bother you or that doesn't shake you. You know, so I, I, and I think that's kind of our mission is that, you know, to, in and University Catholic, you know, we, our mission is to propose Jesus Christ and form his disciples. How am I going to do that in everything that I do? How am I going to do that when I go and play sports or when I go and I'm on the cafeteria or whatever it is or in a class, you know, like, oh, you Catholics, so what does that mean? You know, especially in a, in, in a, in a secular campus, you know, because we know that, you know, at Vanderbilt and many, as in many other schools, religions or religion or theology or anything like that is not something that, you know, we have to be inclusive, but it's so inclusive that we exclude everybody. So... Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of crazy that until we know that this is our mission, you know, when Jesus, when we were baptized, that's our mission to go and proclaim the good news to all the creatures. I think it's beautiful to see it, what it uh, from the outside looking in, how it gives people walking by you, like what what causes that person to be so happy? What gives them that joy? I want what they want, and and like you said, too, dealing when you deal with life's challenges, the the stress and anxiety of it. Um, it gives you the courage to keep going. Cause I think that's a, a big question too, is how do we deal with uh, the stress of life, especially in college or just wherever, when you're looking for a job too, is what do you, how do you turn in or how do you turn to the Lord when you're pushed with 
a difficult decision or something that hasn't come up yet, it's about to happen, you think, what am I going to do about this? Or when you mess up too and you just think, first of all, hindsight's twenty twenty, and you're like, ah, it was so clear. Why didn't I make, why didn't I do this? Um, why did I make this decision that maybe hurt somebody or hurt myself? Um, Sarah, how, how do you deal with anxiety or stress? Is it a, a very spiritual way and a, and a mental battle too? I think, and this has honestly been a very recent development, is just finding recourse in the sacraments because wow. it's like there is, there is no other way, you know? Um, so like, yeah, daily holy hours, like going to confession once a week. It's like, that is the, that is how I know I'm being led rightly because I'm being filled up with the ultimate source and summit. And I am, I am being filled up with the person that I want to share and with ultimately what I want my life to lead to, which is heaven and it is eternity. And I want to be, I want to participate in that as much as humanly possible so that I can live that out well. So yeah, it is always the sacraments. It is always, it's not always, but that is like the, that is the main goal. You know, you always want to turn to Jesus in, in all things in that. So I love how you put it so directly that it's the sacraments. I was over here thinking in my head so much about practical ways but it's right there in front of us. And that's what I've missed the most about the pandemic, I guess. I think maybe it's back to normal. But the sacrament of confession, like we took it for granted so much, um, especially at, at UCAT, you know, where it was right there every day. But, you know, the um, funny but, thing about that, you know, a lot of people complain about the Diocese of Nashville was one of the few dioceses that we kept, never closed church. Really? We, I, throughout the whole pandemic, I had, of course, mass it was through Zoom and all that stuff. Yeah. But... We had mass every day. We have adoration every day from Monday to Thursday from 4.30 to 5.30. Wow. And we had confessions. So it was always, I was talking to Bishop Spouting the other day, and I was like, you know, people start to complain because people like to complain, you know. (laughs) But it's just like, we never close adoration. We never close, you know, the church were open even on the lockdown. (laughs) We couldn't have mass, you know, because all that stuff. But adoration was there. Confession mm. was there, you know. And so, yeah, the sacraments were available mm. for people. So I think that's kind of the – it's 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 available, you know. And one of the things that – because even before being a priest and everything on my, you know, my, my conversion story and all that, to be able to know how important it is to have available priests to hear your confession because, you know, I mean – even today, you know, I live with four priests, but sometimes I have to try to find somebody to hear my confession. But one of the things that I told God is like, you know, my process in the seminary, and I said, God, if I ever become priest, the only thing that I'm never going to say no to is to confession, mm-hmm. because I know how that is profound and how that changed and changed my life every time that I go, you know, to confession. I mean, it, it's just like if you have a moral sin, if you die, you're going to go to hell. And then if you go to confession, you're going to be able to go to heaven. Mm. I mean, that's, you know, that's the kind of, and I think if you ask any any priest, like, what is the best thing that you do as a priest? Of course, the Eucharist is the Eucharist, you know, mm-hmm. but I think confession is that intimate place that you are able to see God face to face. Because, you know, and sometimes people come to confession, they confess the same things that I do. I was like, I know how you feel about that, you know. <laughs> but then it, be able to say, yes, 
through those words of the absolution, now I can look God face to face again. And if mm -hmm. I die now, I go straight to heaven. I love that. I literally love that because it's so funny that we're talking about confession right now because actually yesterday um, we had the CFRs, the friars at my home parish give a, like an Advent mission on mercy. And so the priest, what was his name? Uh, Father Emmanuel, I believe. He literally just talked about confession for 30 straight minutes on just like the sacrament of conversion and just like a turning back and just like the beauty of it. And it was like, oh my gosh, it was just such a reminder. It's like, yeah, every time we walk into that confessional, it's like we are meeting the gaze again of a good, good father that just like doesn't ask why we were gone so long doesn't ask, doesn't ask questions, doesn't come at you with judgment, just like, oh my gosh, here you are, like you're back, you are, you have returned, like my love, it's like we are the prodigal son every time we walk into the confessional, and he is coming for us, and we meet him there every time, and it was just how it is, a sacrament of forgiveness, of conversion, of turning back, and I was just like, holy cow. It's sacrament yeah. of healing. It's, yeah. you know, that's the definition, it's a sacrament of healing. Two, the church have two sacraments of healing. Confession and Lord of the sick. And I think, yeah, you were talking about quarantine and how you like missed it. Essentially, it's like I kind of like I get that because I think during quarantine, he was literally just and not having access, at least at home, because I wasn't on campus and no access to the sacraments, at least like directly for about four months. I couldn't go to mass. I couldn't go to confession. I couldn't do all of these things. And it's just like, wow, he's reminding me of my littleness and reminding me of just like how truly dependent we are on him and his mercy. And so yeah. the gift that it was to go back to confession and experience that, holy cow. Well, as we kind of ponder, yeah, just the the, the stress of the quarantine and the, and the pandemic and just of, of daily life too, um, I gotta ask you just sh short and simply, Sarah, what gives you hope if you were to answer that question? Ooh, I like that question. That is a good question. Yeah, I think I think what gives me hope is just like the charge that we receive at the end of every single mass, mm. you know, it's like, and I, that's like, sounds weird, but it's like we're, what we're called to live is we're called to live like a go gospel. And I think it is just like the most exciting thing that now that quarantine is over and all of these, not really over, but I think people are looking to people of faith for hope and just like in, in a lot of things and yeah just the ability to go and just physically just physically go to and abide with those that you've been called to serve is just one of the greatest gifts and I think watching people do that and do that with so much zeal and just desire and just so on fire with their faith and just on fire for souls, like to bring souls back to God is just that, that gives me hope watching and participating in mission with the people that are closest to me and the people that I love. It's just, it is, it is everything. And that gives me hope because you get to invite people to go experience heaven with you. And that is contagious. And the fruits that come of that are undeniable. And yeah, maybe we won't see them right away, but there's a lot of hope in that. So, Wow. Well, to leading other people to heaven, uh, defining that beauty in the sacraments 
and and just finding the joy uh, of living a life of faith. Uh, thank you, Sarah, for being on the show today. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys so much. A uh, special thank you to everyone in our listening audience. We hope you enjoyed what you heard, that, that you felt connected, uh, and that sense of community. Maybe you've been in those same footsteps as well. Um, remember, you can find our show wherever you get your podcasts on Belonging for Young Catholic Adults, if you just search uh, that term there. You can also find us on WBOU.org or 100.5 FM. Special thank you to Father Gervon, our co-host, Miss Sarah Furka, and Jim Chandler, our audio engineer. My name is Zach Jansen. Thank you for listening to Belonging on Nashville Catholic Radio. On the next Belonging, we'll talk to George Carter, a student at Belmont University in Nashville. We'll talk about how the sacraments give hope and how we can find community through others to grow in faith. What gives me hope and what gives me strength, uh, the community of people that I'm surrounded with and that one, that I'm not alone and that if these people are doing it, why can't I? God is call- God calls all of us to be saints. Mm. We, we all have that ability. Thursday at 11 a.m. on WBOU, Nashville Catholic Radio.